Pastor Xavier's with an eye-opening proclamation. Let me blow your mind. Religion is not a step towards God. Religion is a step away from God. You've rejected the true worship of God through His Word, and you seek to form a new way to seek God and to worship God, which is really going away from God. That's what religion is. It's not a pretty picture. Here you have it. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Laws and decrees are only as valid as one's ability to enforce them. However, there is a law that has the backing of the one who controls eternity. Today, Pastor Xavier expounds on the law of God that proclaims the coming ruling on those who insist on following their own standards for salvation. Open your Bible to the book of Romans for today's study. Romans chapter 3, the title of the message is All Are Guilty Before God. Paul's final argument, the righteousness of God versus the unrighteousness of man, to bring about that concluding verdict of guilt of the whole world before God through the three perspectives that follow. First, we see the distortion of God's righteousness defended, verse 1 through 8. Secondly, we see the description of man's unrighteousness revealed in verse 9 through 18. And then thirdly, the declaration of man's guilt for unrighteousness pronounced in verse 19 and 20. Look at verse 1. The Apostle Paul here, having revealed that the confidence of the Jews simply was on possessing the law. And the covenant was a false assurance. They had to be a doer of the law. Paul stated that the Jew had much advantage in every way, but he chooses only one thing to focus on, the oracles of God. The word chiefly means first in a series, emphasizing priority and importance. He says there are many things, this is the one I'm choosing. The word oracles, logia, or Lagayan, whichever way you want to pronounce it, refers to the divine word of God. The content of the revelation that God has entrusted to man. Revealing the will of God for man. Revealing the promises of God to man. And revealing the warnings of God to man also. Revealing the prophecies of the Messiah born to be a man. This is God's revelation. This is the high privilege in verse 3, Paul poses the condition of some Jew not believing in the revelation of God. He says this in a question. For what if some did not believe? There were Jews who believed. There were Jews who did not believe. And again, the history shows it. That's why they went into captivity. He then poses, notice, a ridiculous result of such unbelief. By a rhetorical question, will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? In other words, they don't trust the word of God to be reliable. And this is the charge. So in other words, if some Jew did not believe what God had revealed in his word and trusted to them, would that make the revelation null and void or inoperative? Of course not. As to say, perish the thought, God forbid. What man believes or disbelieves about God in his word in no way alters 
the promises, plans, or the prophecies of God, for they are not sourced in man, but in God. Now, notice secondly, the description of man's unrighteous, unrighteousness is revealed here, verse 9 through 18. And it's not a pretty picture, but it's a true picture. Verse 9, the Apostle Paul reaffirms the problem of man's unrighteousness as universal. The problem is presented by another rhetorical question of comparisons. What then are we better than they? No, not at all. Who are the we? The we is identified for us in verse 8. Look at verse 8. Where Paul uses it two times for the Christian and two times in verse 9 for the Christian also. The we is the Christian. Who are the they? The they referred to the Jew. Those who did not believe or misunderstand God and his word. The entire section is dealing with the Jew from verse 1 through 8. They. We are the Christian. That's what it is. The words then they are in italics if you notice. That means that they're not in the original Greek text. But inserted so that you get a better and complete understanding of it. Now the old King James and the new King James does this consistently. It's an honest text. So that you can always know the words that are original. And those that are in italics are not. But without them the sentence wouldn't make complete sense at times. So they put them in. But they let you know that they put them in. It's an honest footnote. Now. The problem has already been stated by Paul and must be acknowledged by all mankind then. For we have previously charged both Jew and Greeks that they are all under sin, he says there at the end of verse 9. The Jews and Gentiles have been previously charged guilty and under the wrath of God before the court of heaven in chapter 1 and in chapter 2. That's what he's referring to. All are under sin. The root of sin nature and the fruit of sin. Judgment falls on it. Now, verse 10 through 12, the Apostle Paul depicts the universal unrighteous rebellion of man against God. The picture is not pretty. Here we go. And these scriptures are the authority. It's the Old Testament. They're not quotes exact. They're general quotes. And I'll give you the text. And Paul is led by the Spirit of God to pull them right out of the Old Testament. There is none righteous. No, not one. Psalm 14.1. It's also found in Ecclesiastes 7.20. Now, many people can't get any further than this. Wait a minute. You said there's not none righteous. No, not one. No, not one. This is God speaking. Anybody who gets offended at this, they're challenging the justice of God. Next, there is none who understands. Psalm 14, 2. The understanding again is spiritual. The word understand comes from the root to put together to make sense. And of course, it's in the ways and the works of God. You can be brilliant. You can be a brilliant scientist. You can be an engineer. You can be an uncritical uh, computer whiz. And understand all those things. But when it comes to God, you have a problem with it. You charge him. It doesn't make sense to you. Because you think that you know more than God. And you think you're more compassionate than God. And you think that you could do a better job. Well, you can take it up with him. It won't be long. Trust me. 
Next, he says, there is none who seeks after God. Psalm 14, verse 2. None is searching God. People say, oh, they are the religious. At least they believe in God. No, no, listen to me. Let, me. let me blow your mind. Religion is not a step towards God. Religion is a step away from God. You've rejected the true worship of God through His Word. And you seek to form a new way to seek God and to worship God, which is really going away from God. That's what religion is. God is the initiator, and then we respond to the gospel, the word of God. They have all turned aside, Psalm 14.3 and Isaiah 53.6 also. The term is all-inclusive as well as the rest of them. There's no exception here. The phrase turn aside means to lean out or to turn aside or deviate from the way of God as prescribed. None of us are perfect in our walk with God. But he's talking about a person who doesn't know God. They're not even close to God. They have together become unprofitable. Psalm 14.3 again. The word unprofitable means to make useless, to render unserviceable. The term is used for sour milk and rotten produce. Great, great word. That's how bad we are. The charge is regarding the things of God to God, man, and oneself. Next he says, there is none who does good. No, not one. Like talking to a person and he's going to say, but uh, no, not even you. Psalm 14, 3. The references to the acts of integrity. The motive is always with oneself in mind. Now Paul proceeds also to depict the universal evil of man's unrighteousness towards man. Verse 13 through 15. Look at verse 13. Their throat is an open tomb, Psalm 5.9. And the word open is a perfect participle, communicating it has been open and remains open. The throat of man is a grave with constant stench of death coming forth. We think so highly of ourselves and of man. If we would look at ourselves and man through the prisms of God's eyes, it's not a pretty picture. Here you have it. The tongue is used for practicing deceit. Psalm 5.9 again. The tongue is a vicious member. It sets the course of hell on fire, as James says. The beast behind the ivory cage. Make sure you keep the cage shut. It's got a double lock. Your teeth and your lips. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Verse 15. Isaiah 59.7. You also find it in Proverbs 1.16. Their actions are life-threatening. They are quick to act. Destruction. It's all over our history. It's all over our streets. It's all over our nation. It's all over the world. Cain rose up and slew his brother Abel. For what reason? Jealous. Envious. God warned him. Sin lies at the door. It wants to leap upon you like a ravenous beast and control you and destroy you. If you turn to me, I can take care of it. If not, you'll be destroyed. He chose to handle it himself, apart from God. Now, from verse 16 to 18, the Apostle Paul depicts the universal destructive pattern of man's unrighteousness. Verse 16, destruction and misery are in their ways. 
Isaiah 59.7 The end result of man without God is destruction to others and self. The carnage. The heartbreak that you see every day. Because people do not have a direction from God. They don't believe in God. They're following their own lead. They're believing in themselves. Or believing in others. The word destruction means that which is broken, shattered, and ruined. The process is filled with misery by living apart from God. You, I, know what it is to live apart from God. You and I know what it is to bring destruction upon our own life, to do destructive things, to bring destruction to others. The word misery means hardship, trouble, calamity. The reason is that they live out their own sin nature. The word way refers to their manner of thinking and their course of conduct. Their way. Away from the way that God has dictated. Then he says the way of peace they have not known. Verse 17. Isaiah 59, 8 is the text. Man is a sinner and selfish. Peace is foreign to him. Look at man's history. As I've mentioned. If you look at the many years of, of war... To the number of years of peace. It's a joke. Either we are in a war. Preparing for a war. Or coming out of a war. Man is empty. Always looking for some temporary peace. Or lives under a false peace. Ignoring and rejecting. The only true peace. A relationship with God. Then he says there's no fear. Of God before the rise. Verse 18, this is quote Psalm 36.1. This is the heart of the problem. No pun intended. Not that man does not believe in God. Or that there is a God. But that though he knows there's a God. He does not fear God. The foundation. And first step of wisdom. And towards wisdom. Is the fear of God. Proverbs 1, 9 and Proverbs 9, 10. If you do not fear God, you're headed in the wrong direction. You're headed for destruction. There's no better example of the evidence of the universal depravity of man, as Paul has just declared. As the most recent exposure of Tiger Woods and his infidelity to his beautiful wife, shattering his public image. By revealing what was in his heart. And he allowed it to become lived out in the flesh. It shattered people's perception. of him, But that's who he was. Not what he appeared to be. There's not one person that can say they have never lied. There's no person that can say they have never had a bad thought. Lusted. Hated. Listen to Jeremiah thirteen twenty three. Can the Ethiopians change his skin or the leopard its spots? Then may you also do good who are accustomed to do evil. If you ever see an Ethiopian with white skin and a, a leper with stripes rather than spots, then, then you might not be able to sin. But until then, <laughs> you and I are sinners. From the non-believing perspective, all you can do is sin. From the believing perspective, we're not perfect, but we can hit the mark now by the grace of God. 
we can say no to sin to ourselves. We can look to God through His Word and the power of the Spirit of God to bring glory to Him. And when we fall short, we have a lawyer for the defense, Jesus Christ the righteous, to make intercession for us in 1 John 2, 1. But we don't live in sin any longer. The matters of personal relationship and social unrest is not only an American problem, but a global one, much like the days of Noah. Violence in the home, school, society is the norm today. Sexual assault, date rapes is the norm. The home invasion, vandalism, identity theft happens all the time. Murders, husbands and wives, children, gang retaliation, road rage, theft. It's national. It's global. Listen to Titus 3.3. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. That was you and I. And that continues to be those who do not know Christ. Wow. The description of man's unrighteousness is to be revealed. Pastors aren't doing that. They don't want to talk about sin. They don't want to talk about the problem. They want to just say, we're all, can we just all get along? No. We're all good people. No, we're good for nothing. Except for sin. Notice third and last, the declaration of man's guilt for unrighteousness pronounced. Verse 19, the law speaks to those who live under law. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. The word know means to know absolutely. Those under the law means those under the jurisdiction and control of the law. He's talking to the Jew. The purpose of the law was to stop the mouth of every person, that every mouth may be stopped. The law accused them. The law condemned them. The law looked, took away from, their, from them any defense in heart or in mind. The law never found one exception. Notice the ultimate purpose of the law was to prove the entire world guilty before God. And all the world may become guilty before God. By the law, it's here Moses' law that's being implied in the context. But certainly, every other law accuses us. The law of creation, the law of conscience, the law of history, the law of morality. The word stop and become are both in the errors with finality. Maybe stop and become guilty with finality. This is the verdict by the judge in the divine court. This is God's just verdict of man. Anybody who says contrary to that is challenging the justice of God, the righteousness of God. And guess what? They are absolutely wrong. There will be no flesh justified by the law before God is this. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. His judgment will be all revealing. His judgment will be perfect. The law reveals man's failure. Listen, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Wow. The word knowledge, epinosis, means full and complete knowledge. The law of Moses in general, but everything else accuses us 
We're imperfect. We just don't measure up. The amount of evidence that's so overwhelming. <laughs> this is the problem of all humanity. Though they might find, and you might find, someone who is better than another, or one who is not as evil or wicked as another, all of the human race is fallen, is sinful, is imperfect. The law and sin condemns every person in the world, and God has to judge sin. But God has made a provision for man to escape the wrath and be saved through his son Jesus Christ. That's what he's going to move on to in the following verse, the next section. Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus. You must be born again or you'll never see the kingdom of God. John 3, 3 through 5. The new birth, repentance. By understanding that there is only one way, one name, and one mediator. Jesus Christ. John 14, 6. Acts 4, 12. 1 Timothy 2, 5. No one else. Every person will have a set number of years to repent and accept Christ as their Savior. The person who dies without repenting or accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior will have no excuse or justification before God from creation, conscience, or history, and especially the gospel. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says. The grace and compassion of God is open to all who will call upon Him. Good moral people, immoral people, liars, thieves, adulterers, and murderers. Homosexual, bisexual, heterosexuals. White, black, yellow, brown, red. Religious, atheist, or agnostic. He rejects none. Amazing. Listen to Exodus 34, 6-7. And the Lord Yahweh passed before him, meaning Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy from thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the father upon the children, the children's children, to the third and fourth generation. It means that the sins of the parents will go to the children if the children don't repent. That doesn't mean that God punishes the children for the parents. It means that if you, my parents were sinners. And then me and my brother and my sisters repented and we changed the change of life. The chain was broken. But if I didn't repent, then I would be like my father or worse than my father as a sinner. It's repentance that make, breaks the chain. So God wants to forgive the generation after generation. But only you can make that decision. God will hold the guilty, guilty, never innocent. And he will never hold the innocent, the justified, which what Paul's going to move to be one who gets judged. He comes to the grace of God. The declaration of man's guilt for unrighteousness is to be pronounced. The whole world's guilty. Wow. This is Paul's final argument regarding the righteousness of God versus the righteousness of man. To bring the concluding verdict, the world's guilty before God. And he's done it through the distortion of God's righteousness being defended. The description of man's unrighteousness being revealed and the declaration of man's guilt for unrighteousness being pronounced. No compromise. No apologies. It's a message of love that people might turn to see yourself as you really are so that he can transform you. 
Pastor Xavier Reese and the final judgment to come. Simple truths from our study series in the book of Romans, chapter 3. And if you'd like a copy of today's message to dig deeper or a copy to pass on to a friend, it's titled, All Are Guilty Before God. You can request the CD for just $4. And this includes what we heard the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is, All Are Guilty Before God. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 